0: Hey everyone and welcome to the 80th episode of the Liam McCollum Show. This episode is the audio version of a live stream I did on YouTube on April 13th, 2022 about the Montana Libertarian Party convention that took place earlier in the month and the really positive things I think we accomplished there, including the removal of the abortion plank. The connection was pretty bad at the beginning of the live stream, so unfortunately it skips around and you can't understand my introduction as much, but it does go away after a few minutes. I really hope you enjoy this episode and I hope it encourages you to join the Mises Caucus and or the Montana Libertarian Party. So I'll put links to both in the description if you want to join. Now here's a live stream. So of the Liam McCollum Show, it has been quite some finish up um, and also apply for law school and finish all my finals, all my essays that are due and everything like that. It's taken up quite a bit of time as well as um, organizing the Mises Caucus, trying to get everyone to um, the Montana Libertarian Party Convention that happened this last weekend and a bunch of other stuff that's going on. I'm, I'm also the chair of a local party here in Missoula. It um, hasn't been as successful, uh, but I'm hoping now after the state convention is over that we can organize a little bit more. But th- that's kind of what I've been doing and it's taking up a, a bit of my time. I'm also um, interning with fee right now, uh, the foundation of economic education, and I'm doing some work for them, writing pieces, um, and, and trying to produce content as often as possible. It's been really great. And they've been, um, just amazing to work with. And it's kind of cool being paid to tweet and, uh, make social media posts and be encouraged to produce content. But um, everything else has even got in the way of that, uh, and I hope to give a little update about how the state convention went. I am, um, as some of you know, I am the the organizer, one of the organizers of the Montana Mises caucus here. The reason that I got involved was because I, I, I found that there were a lot of people who were outside of the libertarian Party who believed everything that I thought libertarianism was, um, but they felt like the libertarian party was not a place for them. Um, and, and they would join the Republican party. And at the same time, they would be accusing Republicans of being rhinos. When I think that, um, the people who aren't libertarian and, and the more establishment types are actually the real Republicans and it's the libertarians who are the rhinos. Um, So my idea was that I would try to rally the flag for Ron Paul supporters in Montana and try to get them to join the party and see if we can grow it. The party has been very small, um, haven't had a lot of infrastructure, Um, but as of now, over the last two years, we have increased from, I think, like having four affiliated counties, so county parties to now nine. I I think that's the official count. So um, we've made a lot of progress and, and a lot of that is attributed to the Mises caucus. I think um, the Mises caucus has been really great at organizing. And um, I think just kind of lighting a fire underneath the party party and, and trying to um, reignite any motivation in the party, I think. And, and, and it's been very successful in other States it has been, um, there, there's been a lot more conflict like in, in Pennsylvania. I know that it's pretty dramatic over there. Um, and there's a lot of personal conflicts um, that have gone on for quite a while that kind of inspire a lot of that, that conflict. But in Montana, we don't really have that. Um, and it's probably because we're, we're pretty small. Um, but we're kind, yeah, we're kind of in, in, the position of growing the party here. Um, and it's been really great to create relationships with people who might not be, um, Ron Paul supporters or who maybe got into the party through Gary Johnson, um, or someone else or Joe Jorgensen. I've, I've met a lot of people who voted for Joe Jorgensen, um, just on the street. Just, there was one guy I was, I was working with, um, last year at another job that I had, and he, we were just talking politics. I, I don't know how it came up, but he said that he voted for Joe Jorgensen. And it's like, a lot of people are critical of her. And I think rightly so in, in some respects, but to Joe Jorgensen and who are attracted to um, Johnson as potential uh, people who can help grow the party too. And, and, and people that we can influence um, so I don't see them as being bad because they have to support uh, candidates that I don't think were the best. But I still think that those people are reachable. Um, so that's kind of my vision for the party is I wanted to bring people who um, weren't in the party and who had joined the Republican Party, felt like they didn't belong in the Libertarian Party. I wanted to bring them into the party and then anyone who was willing to work with us, um, we would work with, even if they were uh, they were introduced to the party through Johnson or um, Jorgensen. Cause I think that those people reduced to people like Ron Paul, if, if they were attracted to a very uh, derogatory term, but uh, like milk, milk toast libertarians, then um, I I think that we, they're, they're still reachable and um, it might be different in other states. I think that where, where there's a lot more drama, obviously, it's different. But but here in Montana, um I mean everyone is already pretty libertarian. <laughs> so um I, I think it can be done. So when I got in the party, um there were there were really only a couple things. Well there there was one really big thing that I wanted to focus on. And that was the abortion plank um at the state level. So A few years ago, the state party decided to adopt the national platform. Um, Exactly. So all the language in the national platform would be adopted by the state. And uh, with that came the abortion plank. Um, And I don't think that I can share my screen because I'm streaming directly from YouTube. Um, But I'm going to just read, read from the platform as it was um, or what the abortion plank is. So, abortion plank 1.5, this exists at the national level, as well as the state level, says, recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides, we believe that government should be kept out of the matter, leaving the question to each person for their conscientious consideration. Now. I know that the the state party had debated the abortion plank for i think it's it's been around for forty three years so it had debated it um, ever since its existence and uh, they must have adopted the national platform and just um stuck with that language and and when you talk with people in the party who like that language, the sentiment seems to be that it leaves. The, the moral stance up to the individual. Um, so what it seems to be trying to say is like, you can be pro-life or pro-choice, we're just not gonna say what it is, but I think, or what what it should, what should you should believe about the, the matter. I think that that's kind of what it's trying to get at, but it's very wishy-washy. And I ran into many people in the state who are Republicans and who have joined the Republican party but happen to be very libertarian who will not join the Libertarian because of that language and have not joined the Libertarian party because of that language. Um, Some of those people I'm very close with others. I've just been in contact with while trying to organize as the Mises caucus. And um, it's a common thing you hear. And I think that the problem is because it says, Uh, it it tries to be neutral and that it says recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides. You'd expect like after that uh, the, the party to say, we do not take an official stance or something like that. Like that, that first clause almost warrants a response like that. But however it goes, we believe that government should be kept out of the matter, which is inherently more pro choice. I think leaving the question to each person for their conscience. Now, I myself am pretty pro-life. Um, I, I am pro-life, um, but when you when I introduced this idea that we should get rid of the plank at at the state convention this last weekend, some of the criticisms were were very philosophical um, and and very I would say still libertarian in spirit, even up to my brand of libertarianism so like the common thing that i would hear is so abortion is murder and they would grant that um however we don't think the state should be involved because as libertarians know whenever it tries to outlaw something actually makes it much worse so that's one of the type of types of arguments you would hear or another would be more um of a type like a, a pacifist angle. So it would be like, um, they would expand it even to murder. Like they wouldn't even think that the, the current state as it, as it is, should not investigate murder. Um, that, uh, there are other methods to prevent crime, like, uh, through insurance and, and stuff like that. So that was another type of argument you would hear. Um, And then, of course, you have the pro-choice libertarian argument as well, which is that um, the government shouldn't be involved in uh, this. But that's how the argument would be made. Um, And and my argument for this platform was that we could continue to have uh, discussions about the nuances and the nitpicking of of what the language should be as the platform is brought up at every platform committee every even year. So we could continue to have that. We could continue to, uh, debate what conscientious means, um, what it means to leave the government out of it. Um, we, we, we could do all of that. Um, we, we could debate when life begins as someone brought up in the the last convention (laughs) this weekend. Um, but I said I'm not. I'm not trying to get in that conversation right now. Um, I'm not trying to trying to make a philosophical point. Um, I have a phil- philosophical stance, but so does everyone in the room. And I think this is more of a strategic argument. Uh, the strategy being that most people who are inclined to join the Libertarian Party in Montana are pro-life. They are pro-life Republicans, being that the state is pretty red. Um, and and because of that, we should not be taking an official stance on abortion and ostracizing pro-life Republicans from the party, especially at a time when so many people are upset with the Republican Party and Democrat Party. Um, so my argument is that we should leave this up to candidates and their constituents and their counties. So county parties can still introduce platforms and they can they can take a stance. Uh, so in Missoula, you know, a pro-life libertarian could run and get elected um, or a pro-choice libertarian could run and get elected theoretically, or um, at least have a bigger base than if a pro-life libertarian did. Um, and that's not the same Thing in in Billings that Billings is more likely to vote for a pro-life candidate. So I my stance is that the the party being that it is split and that there are so many people who are pro-life and pro-choice that we should not take a stance. Um, and and I I made that argument and um, I'm happy to say that the motion passed after decades of of this language being debated. And I think that it is very good for the party, especially in Montana. It is the biggest critique I hear against the Libertarian Party. Almost everyone knows when you ask them why they aren't in the Libertarian Party, even though they're libertarian, is because of the pro-choice plank. Everyone seems to think and know that the the party has been pro-choice, um, and that's no longer the case. So this opens. Up the party to a lot more pro-life members, pro-life libertarians, um, and you know the, the argument is made that like, well, you can still be a member um, without agreeing with the platform, and and that is true. But with this issue in particular, being that there are religious implications, um, a lot of people are unwilling to to join and become a member of an organization that seems to allow abortion. So. Um, we should not shoot ourselves in the foot before we even get the chance to talk to people on the ground about the nuances of what a libertarian might say about abortion. Um, being, especially being that libertarians don't even have a great answer. Um, even Christian libertarians who think that abortion is murder. Um, they don't, they don't really know how to handle the issue Um, for instance, there's a very pro-life guy at at the convention who said, um, I, I just don't know how you possibly have due process, uh, for abortion cases, who you prosecute. Do you prosecute the mother? Do you prosecute the doctor? Um, also it's really hard to have a case there when the biggest defender of the baby who was killed is the one who allowed it to happen. So these are arguments you hear. Um, Me, I am pro-life and I happen to think it's murder and and I happen to think that uh, there should be institutions that prevent it somehow, but I I couldn't tell you about the nuances of it. So before we ever get the chance to talk to people who would be willing to join the party, um, we shouldn't make a stance. Um, This should should be something that, uh, a conversation that is had at the door with people who are looking to join the party. there, there were some pro-choice people who complained that, and I respect all of these people. I, I get along with everyone in the Montana Libertarian Party. Um, but one of the complaints was, if, if we get rid of this, we uh, potentially lose votes of pro-choice people. And, and my argument is, well, not stating anything about the issue doesn't ostracize pro-choice people or pro-life people, whereas stating toward any of the directions um, ostracizes the other. Uh, the other side. So, and I also said, as a candidate, if if you're interested in getting pro-choice people to vote for you, you can still tell them that you're pro-choice and that you would run as a pro-choice libertarian and and you would run on the policy of that. And if you're pro-life, you can run on on that policy. Um, So I I think that this is a very convincing argument. And um, uh, I, I posted something on Twitter uh, that notified people of this. Um, And I kind of want to read some of the comments I got because the Montana Democrats found it and they started retweeting it. Um, So let me pull that up. So one of the guys, he he quote retweeted it. And he said, just a second, it's loading. Yeah. So he said, translation, if you only believe in liberty for men and not women, we may have a place for you. So I responded and, or I don't know if I responded under, under this one, but it's like, again, they, they didn't read the tweet. Um, the, the party isn't taking a stance on the issue pro-life or pro-choice. So, so the argument is that it still benefits both pro-choice and pro-life people. Um, So I had tweeted, the Montana Libertarian Party just removed the abortion plank from its platform entirely after years of spending conventions debating its language. The party is split on this issue and many Montanans refuse to join the party because of this platform. Candidates in counties differ on the issue, so the state party no longer speaks on it. Candidates may have their own position, but the party won't officially. I'm excited about the future of this party. Um, And then Jackson Dupree, commented on it and he said, there seems to be more pro-life libertarians now than there used to be. Ultrasounds and the science of embryology has no doubt helped change minds. You can't protect liberty unless you protect life. I believe in protecting life from the womb to the tomb. If people think that I am only pro-life until the baby is born, I like to remind you that my church support a crisis pregnancy resource center. My family sponsors two kids and I have helped out my local homeless shelter. Someone said, awesome. Congrats to those who put in all the hard work. And then there were a few more quote tweets. Um, Another quote tweeted it saying, libertarians abandoning alleged principles of less government intrusion and kowtowing to theocrats. Say it ain't so. Again, the party officially is not taking a stance. Um, I will though, and I do think that abortion is murder. Um, As for how the state will handle it or how the community will handle it. That is another question. Um, so yeah, those are some of the comments. I also got a comment on a Facebook post about it. And, uh, one of the criticisms was from a Republican and said that, um, you know, unless you take a moral stance, you are not the party of principle. So if, if you don't acknowledge that abortion is murder, You are not a party of principle. Um, And I think that it's important to acknowledge that the party historically has been pro-choice or has had a a platform that has leaned pro-choice, which a lot of people say is inconsistent with libertarian principles. Um, Whatever you say about that, removing the platform as we did this weekend now opens up the opportunity for more libertarians who are pro-life to join the party and influence it. Um, the those pro-life libertarians might choose to not introduce a plank so that um, you can continue to grow the party with pro-choice libertarians, too. Or they might choose to introduce a plank with pro-life language. Um, and that's totally allowed. But my concern was that we were currently ostracizing so many pro-life Republicans. Um who have the opportunity to influence the party. And this is the step to get there. So I I don't think that uh, you you can't just hope that the Libertarian party, which has been controlled by pro-choice people to suddenly just um, flip flop uh, suddenly. So I I think that this is a move in the right direction if you think that the party should have an official stance, but it also now allows pro-life candidates to run um, or it's not a barrier because pro-life candidates still could run as pro-life libertarians, uh, the state party just lean more pro-choice. Um, and it was totally possible to go against the platform, but this is just one less barrier between the party and pro-life libertarians. Um, so I think that you, you have to have patience and if you're worried about it, you should get involved in the party and, and try to um, change the platform or uh, run as a candidate who's pro-life and try to change the image of the Libertarian Party, because it is growing. We had, uh, I think we had 19 people participate in the convention. Um, nine of them, I believe, were Mises caucus. We had, I think, yeah, we had a majority um, who were either Mises caucus or Mises friendly. And um, so it can be done. Uh if, if you are concerned and you want the party to be explicitly pro-life join the party. Um, right now it's not feasible, um, being that even the Mises caucus is split, but we have now made it more likely that pro-life people join the party. And I think that that is a win for the party being that most of Montana, I would say is probably pro-life. So I think, Overall, it was a huge success. Um, that was one of my biggest goals getting involved in the party was to try to get enough people and enough support to the convention to vote for that um, plank change. So now um, the, the plank will no longer have abortion mentioned. Um, it, was, it was mentioned that we would leave 1.5 because uh, the plank number was 1.5. Um, so it would literally just be 1.5 and then have brackets and it would say removed, but I argued against that too, because I think that it goes, um, in the opposite direction. I think then, then you are making a statement about, um, this and you potentially ostracize pro-choice people. So I was, I was taking a very strategic and, and, um, uh, kind of value-free position on this. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, though I would, Though in the future, I could see an argument for making the party more pro-life. I didn't think that that was the best strategy right now, being that the party is so small, made up of pro-choice and pro-life members. Um, But yeah, we uh, the Mises caucus claimed five out of seven delegates to Reno. um, And and the goal in in Reno is to remove the abortion plank at the national level, too. And it's also to elect Angela McArdle for chair in uh, a full slate of Mises caucus libertarians. Um, so at the end of next month, the Libertarian Party at the national level might look a lot different too. The messaging might look a lot different. Um, and I, I hope it's for the better. And I think that it's going to get a bunch more press. Um, I, I think that, I mean, it's funny, the fact that I was working with people who voted for Joe Jorgensen Um, being that Joe Jorgensen didn't have like this mass media campaign or anything. She was like, didn't really do much um, when it came to media and getting exposure. Uh, The fact that she was able to garner some attention and some support just from random people that you run into, um, I think is a sign that if, if the party really put in some effort and got a candidate who went on big podcasts um, who, really created a storm and and got the press to focus on them. I think that we could attract a lot of members. And if you want to get involved, if you're happy that the party is moving in this direction, that it got rid of the abortion plank, I'll drop some of the links to the Montana Libertarian Party so you can sign up. I'll also drop a link to the National Party in the description so you can sign up and get involved and, and potentially uh, support us doing all of this at the national level too. And then I'll also drop a link of the Mises caucus. Um, And if you sign up and you are from Montana and and you sign up through that link, um, we will contact you and we will try to help you organize here at your county level or get you involved in some other way. Um, but yeah, I figured it would be good to update you and let you know how, um, the convention went, especially since I haven't done a podcast in a while. And, uh, it's kind of cool that this is my 80th podcast too. Um, it's, it's, this podcast has really helped me get to, uh, where I'm at in the party, um, all the connections I've made and everything like that. So even though I don't do it often as, as much as I would like to, and life kind of gets in the way. Sometimes I want to do it when I can. Um, I do have a bunch of ideas for podcasts that I'm going to do in the future, um, that are more evergreen. I had some that were more timely, uh, about Russia and, um, inflation that I wanted to do, but, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to anymore, but I, I do have some ideas and I also want to make the podcast, uh, focus on Montana a lot more, especially with a lot of the controversy around the Supreme court that happened during the legislative session last year. Um, stuff like that, or uh, controversies with CPS in Montana. I did one podcast with a spouse of a um, military member and uh, it, it was about the, the military's vaccine status or the vaccine policy. And that was one of my most popular podcasts behind Scott Horton's podcast with me. So. I do want to gear things more locally to local controversies and um, start to make some more contacts here. So uh, once the semester is over, I'm sure I'm going to start doing things more frequently. Um, But I hope you enjoyed this. And like I said, if you want to get involved, please join through the links that are in the description and I'll be in touch with you. I hope you enjoyed this and thank you.